Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're covering WWE Survivor Series. This event just ended about 30 minutes ago. Uh, I'm watching the press conference live right now. And um, and uh, this was probably the latest, one of the, one of the best uh, premium live events that WWE has done probably this year. Uh, the most fun, you know, I'm going to get into all of it right now. Um, Jesus, man, I gotta, I gotta get into this habit. Cause you know, like I think at the beginning of this, all this whole thing started in the summer when anchor was bought by Spotify. So I can't say anchor. I have to say Spotify. I can't say Twitter. I gotta say X. I can't say pay-per-view because now I have to say premium live event. You know, this whole thing is just changing over the has changed in this year alone, like not even the full year. This the whole thing happened within like the past like six months. So, you know, it's crazy to see that and everything like that. So WWE, uh, you know, but W I think the the premium live event, it sounded cool the way WWE had presented it. Uh I watched it on Peacock. It was really cool. This was a, a great event. You know, this was something that uh it, it's gonna stick around for a long time. I think last year's uh, last year's Survivor Series with the War Games was an epic event because it was the Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes with Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Uh, this one featured uh, the Judgment Day with Drew McIntyre against the team that Cody Rhodes had assembled. And that was our main event. And to be honest, that was a damn good match. The idea that they had teased the return of Randy Orton for a long time because it had been a while. You know, Randy Orton's been out since about a year and a half already, you know, with that bad back that he had and, you know, for him to come back and to do what he did. And that was just a crazy moment uh, for him to come back. But I, I kind of, I kind of saw that coming because throughout the night, the first time we see Sami Zayn, you know, early on in the show, he says, Randy Orton's not here. And then the match is coming up. Randy Orton's still not there. And then the setup for Randy Orton to come in, what like it really threw me off because, you know, the judgment they had this plan, they were going to execute it, and the idea that Damian Priest was going to cash in his Money in the Bank contract in the middle of the War Games match, I was like, dude, that'd be a fucking curveball of all curveballs for him to win the world title in the middle of his War Games match and things like that. But then, of course, Randy Mor- Randy Orton's music hits and... Out comes the Viper looking, looking really, you know, he looks jacked. Like he looked bigger than usual. This guy looked like, you know, better than he did when he actually got hurt. You know, it'd been a while since we had seen Randy and a lot has changed since Randy has been gone. You know, his buddy Matt Riddle's no longer there. Uh, You know, um, the bloodline is in, the bloodline is pretty much no more. Cody Rhodes has come back. You know, I think the last time Randy and Cody were in the ring at the same time, it was right before Randy and Cody's big injuries that they had last year. And uh, that was just, that was kind of just, you know, a, a pretty cool moment to see the, to say the least. But man, that moment when Randy Orton looks like he's about to give Jey Uso the, the RKO and everything like that. I was like, oh shit, because if you, if you go back and watch, if you go back in history You'll know that you'll know that it was the Usos that put Randy Orton on the shelf, and um, so 
you know, there's still a lot of that lingering heat there and everything like that. But I thought that was a cool little cop-out moment. Like, what could you possibly switch out Randy Orton's return with? And I said, a cash-in would be pretty good. And I thought, man, the the idea that they take out Seth Rollins. And I was like, damn, they're really trying to fuck up Seth Rollins. And then Rhea Ripley runs out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And they're going to have to cash it in. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to cash it in now? They're going to pull a Seth Rollins on Seth Rollins. You know, that was that would have been kind of cool to see and everything like that. So um, I, I honestly believe that if anybody should be the world champion in the Judgment Day, it has to be Damian Priest. I mean, Finn Balor, you know, he is a former universal champion and everything like that, even though his even though his run was like cut short because of injury and he never, ever got a chance to do it again afterwards and everything like that. I think it should be Damien because Damien kind of Damien had it. Damien had that main event potential. The moment he stuck, the moment he signed with Edge, when they originally started the Judgment Day and everything like that. So, I think Damien Priest was a was the perfect choice to win Money in the Bank. A lot of people thought it was going to be L.A. Knight. I really think L.A. Knight can get over on his own. He don't really need the the Money in the Bank and everything like that, and uh, so we'll see what happens with those guys. There was not even an L.A. Knight appearance at the Survivor Series, so, but yeah, man, having all these guys in this War Games match was really cool, especially um, Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes' father, the late great Dusty Rhodes, was the innovator of it, you know, he was in the first one back in the 80s, and things like that, so it was kind of cool to see that, uh, but uh, next up, we have the women's uh, War Games match in which uh, Bianca Belair, um, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi took on Damage Control, which was Io Sky, Kari Sane, Asuka, and Bailey, and everything like that. And I thought, man, this was going to be like a turning point for what, like, what the ju- what the Bloodline went through last year with Sami Zayn is the exact same thing that Damage Control is going through right now with Bailey because you have all four of these great superstars in Io Sky, uh, Kari Sane, uh, Asuka, and even um, Dakota Kai. You know, Dakota Kai, even though she's on, she's on, she's back on TV, right? But, you know, she's still technically hurt. She hasn't been medically cleared to come back yet and everything like that. And Bailey's kind of the odd person out here because, you know, one, she's, She's on the outs with someone like Kari Sane and Asuka and things like that. So, you know, and there's a little bit of a of a bond between Kari, Eo, and Asuka there. And so for Bailey to kind of be the one, I think Bailey was the MVP of that match. The the fact that she took some pretty good bumps, the fact that she saved the team almost every single time they were in trouble, and the fact that she took the bullet for um for Kari Sane and then took the uh and took the manhandle slam from Becky through the table and then Becky one, two, three. And she takes the fall as well and everything like that. So for her to take the fall really shows that she's kind of the she has to be the one leading the pack because it started with that moment when Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai all returned at the same time, uh, on Bianca Belair and everything like that. So that was kind of cool. That was the formation of damage control. So uh, this was a pretty good match. There's an incredible moment when Eo Sky is on the top of the cage and she puts the trash can lid over her. She puts the trash can over her body and dives onto every girl in the match. 
I was like, holy shit. You know, and Io Sky, she's been in a lot of women's war games matches and everything like that. That was really cool. She was in the last one that they had last year. She was in the two that they had in uh, in NXT and everything like that. So she was the battle-hardened veteran in that match. This was a really good match as well. It was a great way to open the show with the first war games match uh, being the girls. And I was like, yeah, that, that was really cool and everything like that. Next up, we have uh, Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. This was probably the least the least anticipated match I probably was going to come to see because they were they're building this whole thing. I like what they're doing with Santos Escobar. I really do. I think if anyone was going to turn heel from the LWO, it was going to be him because they were pushing him hard to become the next U.S. champion, but then he gets hurt. And Rey Mysterio kind of takes over and everything like that. They wanted to pay homage to Rey, but then Rey kind of overstepped his boundaries a little bit. So for so for Escobar to kind of turn on him and become the villain and everything like that, that was really cool. I thought that was interesting, and I was really, really excited for Santos to kind of be the next one. Him kind of not really trusting Carlito. And I was kind of hoping he would face Carlito, but then Carlito goes down with an injury the night before the Survivor Series, and I was like, holy hell, really? And um, so I was like, damn. So he's fighting Dragon Lee. Nothing against Dragon Lee. I have nothing against him. I respect what he does. In a lot of ways, he's going to be, in a lot of ways, he's like the, he's this generation's Rey Mysterio. I don't know if he'll ever get to the same stature as Rey Mysterio, but I always believe that, uh, that Dragon Lee is a very talented, very into very he's a great wrestler to say the least, a great lucha libre and everything like that. But I I really I was I I didn't want to see that because he kind of was the last minute plug in for some reason. I don't understand why they didn't put Carlito in there. I don't really know if he was really hurt. I would have loved to seen Carlito and uh Escobar in a match. Um but who knows what that could have been like you know it would have been cool to see pablo go through pablo <laughs> santos go through uh ray mysterio which would have been cool but you know they always do the injury angle with ray and ray had another surgery on his knee so we'll see what you know we'll see what happens escobar on the other hand escobar could be a great villain i think he's a great bad guy and everything like that he could definitely benefit if you know he if he's put with the right talent and everything like that. So we'll see what happens uh, moving forward with Escobar. It was a great match, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited to see Dragon Lee and Escobar. I was more excited to see Carlito and Escobar, but you know, that's neither here nor there. There's, the match was still good. The match was still, you know, I'd give it four stars. You know, it was really good. It was really, really um, something to see there. So that was great. Uh, next up, we have the. Uh, the WWE Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley defends the title against Zoe Stark. This was a pretty good match. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley is continuing her her dominance through this year. Ever since she's she, if they were going to have a, f- a female MVP for the WWE for the year 2023, it has to be Rhea Ripley for her to win the Royal Rumble and then to knock off Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania to become the women, the world champion. And then for her to continue that dominance all the way here to survivor series and have those matches in between to knock off a lot of, a lot of up and coming girls and a lot of girls who could really give her a run for her money. It definitely has to be Rhea Ripley. And to be honest, this was the first time that you, you actually believe that somebody could beat 
Rhea Ripley in the ring. And I thought Zoe Starks was in a prime position to do it. You know, because this was a girl who could take a considerable amount of punishment, but also was the fighter, the fighter that didn't ever quit. See, it's different from somebody like a Raquel, who's just as big and strong as Rhea Ripley, to go up against somebody who can actually take bumps and somebody who's a lot more athletic than uh, anybody gives her credit for and everything like that. But this was a damn good match. Um, I like the outfit that Rhea Ripley wore, the, the the black and white with the chaps and everything like that. That was her her. Her premium live event outfits are always really cool compared to what she wears on TV and everything like that. So um, this was a really good match. It really it really kind of goes to show you that they are really going all in for Rhea Ripley to have this long run. A lot of people have that championship fatigue, but I think with Rhea Ripley, the fact that she gives quality matches no matter what, no matter who she's fighting and everything like that, she plays the vulnerability really, really well. She gives her opponent a lot more leeway than a lot of other champions do. But the fact that she pulls it off in a very convincing way, it, it, it really goes to show you that, you know, she is, if the WWE has uh, those moments where um, they do most valuable players at the end of the year, Rhea Ripley should be the MVP of the women's division this year. I'd even argue that she probably did it for the entire division, the entire WWE locker room. So, um, you know, that was pretty good. Uh, all right, the last match that we have on the card is the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and The Miz. This was also a great match. I think uh, Gunther is continuing his dominance as the Intercontinental Champion. To be honest, I would have had The Miz end the match. I would have had The, the Miz end his run for the Intercontinental Championship match. And then as we get ready for the Royal Rumble, which is like eight weeks away in January, uh, I would have Gunther win the Royal Rumble. And then bam, there's your... Now you can now you can reestablish him as a world champion rather than him being the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. So you're not taking anything away from Gunther because he's already established as a dominant heel champion. But if you put him into... A, like uh, If you put him against a babyface world champion like a Seth Rollins or even a Roman Reigns, you know, you've, you've established that we've got a major player, a major heel continuing their run, but they played it safe. They had, uh, Gunther win the match in pretty convincing fashion and everything like that. But the Miz was probably, uh, the Miz was probably the closest one in my opinion, like in a storyline wise he was probably the closest one that you could actually see to beat Gunther because a lot of times they have the guys who are like as big as him to kind of do it and everything like that like a McIntyre or like a Sheamus and you know guys like that and um you know it doesn't really go anywhere but if they're going to keep the title on Gunther by all means do it uh I just wish that when they do end it that the moment they end it, they need to do the turnaround and give him a push for the world title because it's ridiculous that this guy has been dominant for so long. But he's also like Rhea Ripley. He's dominant, but he's been doing it in such a convincing fashion that it's going to be hard for him to lose. Roman Reigns is run is is in, because he's in and out. You know that you know that takes away a lot of the mystique from it. To whereas Gunther, he's here all the time defending the Intercontinental title. And everything like that. And he's going up against some tough opponents over the years. But, you know, he's he's doing it in such a convincing way that, you know, you believe that he will. He leads the lamb to slaughter. 
and everything like that. He gives the 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 babyface or his opponent the the right type of leeway and the and the right type of selling to the point where you think he's going to lose, and then he makes the the heel dramatic comeback and everything like that. And then for him to win this match by submission is uh, is incredible. I mean, Gunther is a hell of a talent. I think this guy's got world champion written all over him. If they decide to take the belt off Seth Rollins, if they decide to take the belt off Roman Reigns, I think Gunther is right there, primed and ready to be the next heel world champion. And, uh, you know, I can't say nothing than that. But I'm pretty sure you guys know about it by now, and it's all over Twitter. It's all, see, there I go again. It's all over social media. It's all over the, the internet and everything like that. But CM Punk did make his return right after the men's world champ, right after the men's war games match after this this epic fucking return from randy orton and everything like that in the middle of their celebration cult of personality hits and out comes chicago's own cm punk and i was like holy shit i did not think they were going to bring him back and um very surprised by that the rumors were coming around that either he was going to come back or randy orton was going to come back but you know in the long run they both came back and uh, it was a great moment. It was cool to see CM Punk back in the WWE. I mean, he had returned somewhat a few years ago, and but he would never, never to the in-ring stuff. He did a lot of like the pre-show for SmackDown and everything like that, but he was never in the ring. So I honestly hope that he comes back full time. Uh, you know, make some uh, a surprise Royal Rumble and then give him a dream opponent uh, at WrestleMania. You know, and everything like that. Shit, have I would have. Uh, CM Punk, you know, go over on some guys, maybe win a championship and everything like that. Not the world championship, but, you know, put him on SmackDown and he can feud with uh, the likes of like Logan Paul or something like that. Like take the, the U.S. title off of Logan Paul or something like that. That'd be kind of cool to see. But CM Punk coming back to WWE, I just think uh, in the press conference that, you know, I'm watching right now, Triple H did say that if you're the same person 10 years ago that you are now, something's wrong. And the fact that, you know, he said, the first thing he said was, he's a different person, referring to himself, and that Punk is a different person, and this is a brand new company. You know, the future looks bright for CM Punk, and I honestly hope that, you know, all is well. They can mend old fences, and they can honestly have C give CM Punk one final run uh, here in the WWE, because honestly, much like John Cena and Randy Orton and Edge, he's getting up in his age. And I would like to have CM Punk come in and have some pretty good matches with, you know, some top talent. You know, guys like guys like Cody Rhodes, AJ Styles, Jay Uso, shit, even Gunther, you know, Chad Gable and all these other guys. And, um, you know, The Miz, you know, even though they've had their run-ins before with The Miz and everything like that. I could see him having some matches with Logan Paul. I could see him having some matches with Ricochet. I could see him having some matches... You know, with the likes of, um, uh, you know, getting there with even with Roman Reigns. Like, you think about it when, you know, when Punk was there, you know, towards the end of his run in 2014, 2015, Roman Reigns wasn't the Roman Reigns that we know him now. He was the Shield. So it'd be kind of cool to see that, you know, to kind of, you know, have one last, uh, one last run in the ring before Punk, you know, actually decides to hang it up. So. That was cool to see. I'm, I'm very glad to see CM Punk back and very anxious and excited to see where they're going to go with him. And the same thing with Randy Orton. So we'll see what happens. The future does look good as we round out the year. Uh, I know in two weeks the NXT has their uh, premium live event. I don't know if WWE is going to do another event um, 
in December. I don't know if they're going to do extreme rules. I don't know if they're going to do another one, but uh, they might just gloss over and then we'll go right into January and get ready for uh, the Royal Rumble. So who knows? We'll see what happens. But other than that, after the way tonight's show ended, I'm definitely excited to see where we're going to go. Uh, but that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcasts from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and X, The Madhouse 21. Um, let me know what you guys thought about Survivor Series this year. Was it better than last year? What was your favorite match? Whatever the case may be, let me know. Instagram and Twitter, The Madhouse 21. And be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Um, uh, we do have some stuff coming out uh, in, in the weeks, you know, in the weeks and the days uh, leading up to the end of uh, uh, November going into December. Like I said, I think in yesterday's episode, I don't know if you guys heard, but I want to do like a Christmas thing like I did for Thanksgiving, you know, like I did for Halloween. But, you know, I've covered a lot of Christmas movies as, uh, as well in the in the in the weeks leading up. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm rounding out the end of the year to see what we're going to do because the end of the year, obviously we've got to do our top 10 best of 2023 and our worst of 2023. So definitely looking forward uh, to that. Um, the month of December is going to be the winding years. Cause I think to be honest, there may be two or three movies left that I want to see in the theater. Obviously one of them is Aquaman. Obviously one of them is, uh, the iron claw, and uh, I can't remember what the last one was, uh, but whatever the case may be, there's a lot of stuff coming out uh, in the coming days. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness. <laughs>